All right, here's the schedule over the next few weeks here on the Pete the Planner show. There is a podcast right now. How do you know that? Well, you you literally downloaded this and are listening to it. So there is a podcast uh, this week, which is Tuesday the somethingth. And then next week, there is no podcast. There is no radio show. There is no uh, live stream. We are on hiatus. And then the next week, there will not be a Friday live stream. We will do it midweek like we are right now, which is a Wednesday that's the housekeeping. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got a full crew in the house today. We've got uh, the regulars, Kristen Alanius and Damian Dunn. Kristen, welcome back to the program. I am glad to be back. I feel like I've been away a lot here of late. So, Yeah, you're like a big celebrity get for us. We have to like make time for us, please, Kristen. And yeah, Co. yeah. That's, that's exactly what it is, Kristen and company. Yeah, and uh, speaking of and co, hello, Dame. Has she been gone? I haven't really noticed. Oh, oh <laughs> that's not. I watched the show. I know that's not true. <laughs> wow. All right. Um, I'm going turtleneck today. I just thought I'd give a little visual for the podcast listeners so they can lose their appetite. <laughs> Kristen, are you going to ask the question? What is it turned in? Uh, I was told to not give turtleneck tips on the radio because I'm no fun. So I was asking when I was donning this tortoise neck this morning, I thought to myself, I'm not kidding. Should I, should I turn the turtleneck in? (laughs) And in fact, in my bedroom mirror, I stood in front of it. I turned the turtleneck in and it looked utterly ridiculous and so i turned the <laughs> turtleneck back out and there we go uh grant uh, says someone should get me a hairless cat to pet because i i'm like a dr evil meets that's amazing. Uh, number two i think actually like that. more than uh, number two than i do dr evil but grant i feel you uh okay oh wait oh no danza is currently live with the money guy show and now sh- wait danza you do other shows <laughs> Wait, how's that not the takeaway of this? I'm a little hurt, really. No, it's all right. I'm sure it's a better show. Okay, <laughs> let's do the show. Um, with a, It's an email question extravaganza? Sure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete. PeteThePlanner.com, and, and, and what will end up happening is what's going to happen right now to you in your ear holes. We're going to answer these questions. Like people email us questions, they're financial. We answer them because we know what we're doing. And then we don't try to sell you things, which is amazing and rare. Frankly, it's quite <laughs> rare. Uh, so uh, joining me, as always, Kristen Alanius. And by always, I mean sometimes she's here. Kristen Alanius, uh, Director of Education at Your Money Line. Hello, Kristen. Hello, Pete. And my fellow bald, Damian Dunn. Uh, Vice President of Advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dame. Good day, Pete. All right, so here's the question. Dear Pete and or Dame and or Ms. Alanius, whoever is on this week, see? Mm-hmm. You feel seen and heard now, Kristen? The girl uses her PTO like twice. <laughs> we have a high school junior and also a graduating senior who will be headed to college in the fall. So we have a high school junior and a graduating senior who will be headed to college. Okay, for the purpose of this note, let's focus on the senior, and then we'll apply the learnings to his sister. Not sure what uh, sale of personal data to blame, uh, but the junk mail credit card offers for Lincoln have already started to arrive at our home. 
would like to help him establish credit in the right way. A few notes for your context as I set up our questions. Number one, he has traditional checking account with traditional savings account tied to it. We have access to these accounts and can move money around as needed. So when he goes to college, we uh, could help him cover costs by simply moving into his checking account and use his debit card as needed. We don't intend to pay him an allowance while he's there, but if the needs arises, we can help a brother out. Second, we've been burned by fraudulent charges in the past, and so I'm inclined to want him to have a credit card, not just his debit, that allows for a bit more flexibility protection if there's fraud. In the event of a problem with the debit card, he could lean on the credit card or vice versa. You get the point. Number three, we have our credit frozen. Mom, dad, and both kids, so any move we make will require the pain in the neck Hassle of unlocking credit temporarily, no big deal, but frustrating. Yeah, 90 seconds of your time. And by 90 seconds, I mean, what, four minutes or so? Here comes the questions. Uh, How should we consider helping a young person going off to college to establish credit while educating on the slippery slope of credit cards? Uh, Two, we recently saw a social media post about adding your youngster as an authorized user on your own credit card. I can see the potential benefits, but frankly, we only have one card uh, that we use for expenses, and I don't want the bills for his charges blah, blah, blah. No offense on the blah, 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 but there was, the rest was just blah, blah, blah. Number three, if you support the idea of him having a separate student credit card, what tips do you have for him and us to consider uh, in terms of banks? And number four, finally, I assume you would support the idea of refreezing the credit after we open a credit card. Is there any good reason for a college student to have unfrozen credit? Those are all the questions. Well, that's the show, everybody. Good night. Okay, amazing setup from a former listener of the year. Uh, right. Uh, f- amazing questions. Kristen, what sticks out to you? The thing that sticks out to me is what considerations when you're establishing your first card, because if you're accustomed to being like a one credit card type family, that's how you grew up. That's what you intend to do. And then once you've had that card for a while, you don't want to close it because that could shorten the length of your credit history. So choosing that card is, is pretty important in my opinion you know what i hadn't considered that i hadn't considered that dame what else have i not considered i'm just trying to figure out why his dad wants to cheat him out of the experience of just signing up for a card and getting a t-shirt or a two liter of mountain dew out of the deal (laughs) i've told you this story before my brother-in-law one of his first jobs was uh, signing people up for credit cards at a local department store. And if they signed up, they got a, uh, a picture frame that had a bear on it. And, the, and on the box, it just said poly resin bear frame. <laughs> and so whenever I think about my brother-in-law, I think about him ruining oh people's credit <laughs> over poly resin bear frames. Um, yeah, Dane, that is the ubiquitous college experience. Uh, I, I think there's a rather easy answer to this one in my opinion but now i feel like kristen's gonna give a better answer so let's do hollywood square style i'll give a bad answer (laughs) dame you are officially the judge here so chris and i will each present our case and uh you have to say who has the better methodology uh kristen would you like to go first or second i would like to go second please oh of course you would (laughs) i think young the young man gets a secured credit card secured by a deposit of cash somewhere between 500 to $1,000. I recommend that he puts one category of spending on said credit card and repays it every month. I like one category of spending because once you say, well, I'll put this on it and this on it and this on it, this is where you get out of control. So maybe fuel or for those that have hair care needs, mm. those sorts of things. Uh, but that would be my recommendation. Secured credit card, 
thousand buck limit, EFish 500, doesn't really matter. And I would absolutely not make him a authorized user on their credit card. And I would refreeze the credit. You definitely don't want a college student with unfrozen credit. That is my submission to the court. What say you, miscellaneous? Unfortunately, for argument's sake, I pretty much exclusively agree. Yes. But, but my initial thought was if there's a card that you like better that maybe doesn't have a secured option, could mom and dad technically act as the secure of that card and just say like, hey, you have a one, this, this would be your get out of jail free card. I'm assuming they trust their kid. Maybe you can't trust your kids. I don't know. I don't have any kids. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe, maybe you can't trust them. I don't know. But I do agree one category of purchase. And I would actually push that a little bit further and make it something that is not fun to buy. Um, I know that in college, my sister and I both did this like gas for our cars is the only thing that we would put on our credit card because there's no risk of mismanaging that spending because nobody likes to go to the gas station and put 50, 60, whatever dollars in your gas tank. All right. What does the judge say? I, I think I have to side primarily with Pete on this one, probably because he was first and you chose poorly, Kristen. You went second. Whereas if you would have said this first you likely would have pulled out the win here, but Pete's reasoning was sound. Uh, you added some nice color to the end, but Pete gets the square. You know, I, Kristen, I would like to dig in a little bit on the idea of like having his parents secure it or, or whatever and, or, or you know, sign for it, co-sign if you will. I don't like it. But I mean, look, you're, you're, you're parsing words at that point. I, I guess I should clarify. I don't mean formally be the co-signer. I mean, it's his own thing. He's the only one that's on the hook. And then, but if, I mean, if, if your kid runs up a $500 balance on his card because he doesn't understand really the implications of that, you have to know, are you going to bail him out or not? Because if they are going to bail him out, then is there really a point in the secured card option if he has more options outside the secured card space. I haven't shopped for a credit card in a long time, so that could be a moot point. It's just something to consider. Yeah, I I, I agree with your very initial statement, which was like, make sure whatever you're getting is something that you want to have for a while. And so that actually makes a secure card not the best option, right? Because then are you going to get rid of the secured credit card? Are you just going to make keep making deposits? Can you transition a secured credit card to unsecured? I don't actually know the answer to that. Dame, do you know that? I think you can, but I don't know for sure. If you could, if you can find one that you can transition from unsecured or secured to unsecured, I would, I would consider that. I don't know. I, I mean, here's what I know about this kid, by the way. He's an incredibly responsible young man. Um, and so I don't think trust is the issue, but I, I think there can also be training wheels and the training wheels is the secured nature of it. And I also, I think Dame can attest as a parent, you trust your kids, but you also don't want to put them in situations of which if they mess up that you're going to have to pay for it, you know? Yeah, and I don't want them to feel like they need to uh, cover any potential mistakes by delaying uh, coming and asking for help and making potentially a, a small problem into something bigger as well. All right. Well, there we go. There's the answer. That's the only answer in the world. Uh, it's, it's not, but I, I hope you like it. If you want your email answered, then, well, by God, you got to email us. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com, and Kristen and company will answer 
that. Coming up after the break, a giant bonus that you and I didn't get, but this person did. What should they do with it? That's next on the Pete the Planner show. I don't know why I'm generally more surprised by my good outros than I am at my bad outro. Like I have a bad out and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Then I have a good one. I'm like, wow, look at that, man. Yeah. I feel like you've been on your game with the outros lately, though. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I agree. Thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Every once in a while, they, I'll start. Dame can, I can see it in his eyes. I'll start too early. And, and Dame goes, Dame goes, oh boy. <laughs> a 35 second rap. Oh boy. Uh, those just make me nervous because I'm like, is he going to like maybe ask me just one more thing? Cause this is a long outro. And, but so I'm like ready just in case. But sometimes you just, you just run with it. So I am going to do that in the next segment. Ask me something at the last with second. With five seconds left. Yeah, absolutely will. He's done it to me. Um, that's how I'll end the segment. Just absolutely. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your money questions. So we got one. We had several today. Uh, This one is from a person. I believe Mm -hmm. the person's name is Hennifer. If I believe the J is Hennifer. Mm -hmm. Hi, Pete, Kristen, and Damien. You know, Damien, every time I read your name, I'm like, man, I wish people called you Damon. You know? Why? I don't know. It's, I don't know. I <sighs> know. Uh, no. How, how do you recommend making the most out of receiving a lump sum? Okay. So before we go much further here, Dame, do you want to give like a privilege check here for us? Uh, please be aware that this situation is not uh, indicative of the situation that everybody faces. And we realize that there is a large amount of privilege, likely due to this person's hard work in their lifetime. But don't be turned off by the numbers. And possibly luck and opportunity. Sure. And like you said, don't be turned off by the numbers. Please don't. Try to learn something from it. If you need to subtract one of the zeros <laughs> or two of the zeros, yeah. then go right ahead. Seriously, that's your warning. Seriously. <laughs> uh, my spouse and I have a young kid and live in a fairly affordable Midwest city. Mm, West Des Moines sounds lovely. <laughs> When my spouse and I met in our early 20s, I was making 25,000 American dollars and he was making 35,000 American dollars. Now in our late 30s, we don't talk anymore. Oh, wait, nope, that's not the email. <laughs> I make between 150,000 and 170,000 annually and he makes somewhere between 80 to 90. Talk about a glow up. Before we had a kid, we worked extra jobs and saved aggressively to pay off our student loan debt and then pay off our cars. We've never had any credit card debt. We've always been contributing at least the match to our 401ks. And a few years ago, when our salaries rose, we were able to start maxing out the to the IRS limit on both 401ks annually. And together, we max out our HSAs and our DCFSAs. <laughs> That's a big acronym. <laughs> Uh, every year as well. And we put $5,000 a year into our kids' 529 plans until we got the lump sum of our emergency fund was around $30,000. Okay, so, so far, if I'm being honest, everything's pretty, I don't want to say it's standard, but this is a, this is approachable, yes. right? Yeah, Everybody's- stable, reasonable. I mean, it's, it's definitely on the, t- the upper end of, of what we might expect, but it is not out of line. We currently owe about $130,000 on our mortgage. Okay, are ready for this? this is my favorite part. This is my favorite part. Not the big number I'm going to tell you in about 10 seconds. 
eight years remaining on the 10-year refi at 2.125%. 2.1 is as low as I've heard. Mm-hmm. Cries oh. in 5.5. <laughs> Last year, I received a major bonus of around pre-tax, pre-tax, 400,000 American dollars in addition to my regular salary. And we feel pretty far outside of our depth to feel like we know what we're doing, uh, everything that we should do with that money. After getting lump sum, we interviewed several financial people based on referrals and picked one to help us invest our money. We moved $150,000 of the sum into an investment fund and are focused on keeping the other same habits we had before including all the contributions. No plans to buy cars or houses or anything crazy. We know we have too much sitting in our 3.6% interest savings account. (laughs) Still 120 grand. Uh, But with the industry that we both work in being so volatile, we're being uh, extraordinarily cautious for the next few months. Are there blind spots we should think about? Is it going to take a while to feel like we know what we're doing? We just want to make sure that we're not missing anything. All right. So there you go. Wow. Wow. What, uh, Dame, you get the first shot at this one. Uh, first of all, congratulations. And, you know, I think you've taken a lot of very, very appropriate steps into what you should have been doing with this money. I don't think I would have recommended anybody approach it any differently. The thing that stands out to me is that you've got a large chunk of money sitting in a savings account and you're concerned about it. I am not because of the very next statement that follows that. Uh, the industry that we are both wor- uh, both work in being so volatile. We both went, we all went through uh, some really rough financial times over the last few years. And we saw uh, through your money line, the idea, the concept of what people were comfortable with in emergency funds stretch drastically and over a very short period of time from two, three months, you know, trying to get somebody convinced that three months was an appropriate amount was sometimes really hard pre-pandemic. During pandemic, three sounded pretty darn reasonable. And we saw that stretch to six, eight, 12 months regularly. So if you are an industry that is volatile, I don't think you are out of line to have that and don't feel guilty about it. You, you're doing great with your contributions anyway. And you just gave them a nice, likely a nice boost with what was left over uh, from that that pre-tax bonus. I don't, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. I, I would put a stamp of approval on this. Uh, before I make a very, very weird, arguably uncomfortable and nuanced statement, Kristen, do you want to go? Sure, I would love to. <laughs> um, can I ask a question that might be a hot take? Yes. Yeah. Could they be? behind from a retirement perspective oh i'm looking at because well because they were making a significantly lower wage than they are now and while they've always contributed they were contributing in their early working years at a much 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 lower rate so if you in retirement want to live the lifestyle that you're living now is it possible that that money should be earmarked for retirement? Well, that's a really interesting point for people who had lower wages and then wah, wah. Because what you're saying is doctors, wait a second. No, there's no doctors getting a $400,000 bonus. But anyway, it doesn't, don't doctors go through this exact same thing where they are instantly behind on retirement savings for five to eight years? Sure. Sure. So that's interesting. I I think it's possible. 
if I'm if I'm doing the math right now and I'm making some educated guesses, based on what they've shared, they're putting away seventeen percent. Yeah, I was going to come up with numbers. It was going to you know oh. seventeen seventeen <laughs> to twenty percent, uh, but seventeen percent isn't counting. Um, I don't think it's counting HSAs, DCFSAs, five twenty nines, anything like that. So Mm-mm. they're putting away roughly twenty percent of their income right now. Uh, they just got a nice boost with what they had. So I don't know. We could run the math if we had, you know, more time to do it, but we don't on this segment. <laughs> All right. I don't even remember what my really hot take was. Sorry. I got to look through what's going on here. Oh, yeah. I remember what it was. Okay. Listen, here's the thing. I love situations like this. Obviously, it's it's always nice when $400,000 tricks, <laughs> tricks into your house. But this is why when people uh, prepare for success by having the right habits and having the right vehicles going, then when these th- sorts of things happen, it, it actually sets you up for life. And so here, here's my example of, of the difference here. The fact that there was the muscle and the, the mechanism of the contributions happening, then, 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 then this idea of, um, you know, if you're good with money and you get more money, you're going to be good with that money. So that's what happens. But if you don't tend to make good financial decisions or you wait until you have money to start saving money, then when this extra money comes in, then, then you end up not knowing what to do. So that, that's the first part of what I have to say. The second part is where it gets weird. This is why I honestly prefer situations like this and I find them a lot more stable than those of like professional athletes. Having worked with professional athletes with their finances in the past, where there's these bursts of money over oftentimes a four to eight year period. And the numbers, you add another zero on here, mm-hmm. by the way. This is a much more sustainable financial life than something 10 times the magnitude of it. And that is why I love the financial business. And to take that point one step further, subtract this, make this one tenth of this story. The same is true. If you can create the structure and have the mechanism and social security comes and fills in the gaps, you can have a sustainable life too. Is that not right, Kristen? Absolutely it is. Coming up after the break, more of the Pete the Planner show. I'm Pete the Planner. (laughs) You kind of... You gave a little bit of the presentation I gave yesterday, and I don't even think you watched it, so that was kind of creepy. What are you talking about? I didn't watch it. Oh, well, I, well. Peter, I mean, I, I, did, I didn't watch it. I totally didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Way to support the team, man. Well, you um, know. Kristen, you absolutely should have started launching into a five-minute explanation. He forced him to cut you off. <laughs> no, because he has to edit the show really quickly before he leaves. Ah, okay. I tried to find you yesterday, by the way, to see if you wanted to go to McAllister's for lunch, but you were you were gone. After I was done yesterday, I think you were at lunch. I just went in to see because obviously I had to have McAllister's. So I did. Yeah, I can't remember Mm -hmm. about yesterday, but yeah, well, that stinks. I would have gone over there and bought you an iced tea the size of Dame's head. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Um, what, Dame? Do you didn't like that? Made a face. Seems my head's probably bigger than Damien's anyway. It's fine. Oh, it's a new challenge. We'll get uh, measures out and tape measures out. And uh... please don't. All right. Okay. 
who has the biggest head on the show? And and are we going to measure? Not from... figuratively. No, that's weird. Literally. Know that. But literally the biggest, and we're going to measure from like what? Right above the nose, like top of the nose, sure. circumference around. All right. So the place your bets, Dame, who has the biggest head on the show? I think it's me. I don't want to get my feelings hurt because it's going to be me. You know what? I think it's Christy's big head. I have a big head. Yeah, she looks like it's like a Macy's Thanksgiving balloon. Can you, you know? wear nor- can you wear no- normal snapbacks? Oh, great question. And what Nor- setting are you on? Yeah. Oh, I don't mine all the ones I have are just like the adjust like they slide. So I don't oh, know. Oh, that sucks. 1980s golf course hat there. <laughs> with mm-hmm. the with the brass glass. Bingo. That's so true. That's so true. Is it a slossinger? <laughs> That means nothing to me. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so you don't have a hat with the the little pegs you can go grab right now and show us the setting? Mm, I don't think so. I think all three of the ones that are in my rotation slide. Dame, wh- where where do you go? One of the last two usually. <gasps> Your head might be bigger than mine. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I go two. So, you know, if, if it's perfectly overlapped, I go two over. <laughs> Baby head. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, you've got a giant nugget. I've never realized that. I tried to tell you. Okay, so here's the question at hand. Kristen, this is just for you. Okay. If we filled Dame's head with dime, (laughs) how how much money would we have? (laughs) I have no idea. No, I mean, we got to know. I'll try and find an app that will estimate the... uh... Uh, volume of my head for you and we can figure this out. Chris, turn your head to the side. No. Come on. <laughs> no. What? This is just a financial show. Can you please? This is a financial show. I Don't need do to it. see the Not profile of your head. Don't do it. Not Don't doing do it. it. Look at my head. It is tiny. I have like a tiny Your head, head is small, yeah. <laughs> I feel like HR could get involved after this show. <laughs> That's She's fine. out there. Should she, I grab her? She doesn't. I mean, her. grab her. You know what I mean by grab yeah. her. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. Um, okay. So what are we doing? We're doing the update on Ian. I mean, you doing? told him you were going to do that last time. So. I don't remember the original email, but but I guess we'll read a second email and figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't, is, there, is there enough to make a whole segment out of the... the yes, Caitlin. I am wearing a turtleneck. Ah, uh, there we go. Now your sister's going to jump in. Caitlin, how big a head does your sister oh, no. have? Caitlin and I both have huge heads. All right, Caitlin, do you have a giant head? Yes. It's so big. If everyone's listening from the other room, they don't know what's going on, and they're just hearing me going, yeah. Caitlin, do you have a giant head? They're like, how's our boss? What's going on with him today? Must be recording radio. Must be being himself. Okay. This giant head radio. All right, let's get started. In three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. You know, when people email us emails, <laughs> people email us questions at askpete at petetheplanner.com, we answer them. And sometimes we have to fill in the gaps, right? Because sometimes the, the question is missing something. Well, a couple of weeks ago, we had an email from a gentleman by the name of Ian from Chicago. And uh, he... Uh, has a follow-up email to us that I think maybe explores some of the things we discussed. Now, if you're like me, 
and you're tuning in and you, it's like, wow, the maybe the context for the first email, email would be helpful. I feel the same way because I don't remember it. So we're going to try to get through this together and maybe my big headed co-hosts can figure out how to fill in the gaps with their giant heads. Hey there, Kristen and company. Wow. Y'all took my question. I did not realize that Ian was from Kentucky. Hmm. Thank you for sorting through the small novel of an email and making my freaking week. Uh, fantastic. Side note, Dane was right. I get iron enough to make explainers like that. Not uncommon. Love how you're old. Anyway, enough compliments <laughs> for us. But you asked me a question back. For savings at the time of my original email, excluding investment and retirement accounts, I had $30,000 in my account. Price is right rules. Pete wins. Including in there is $12,000 in my emergency fund and the rest is earmarked for other savings and donating goals. Currently working towards a six-month uninterrupted, uninterrupted lifestyle emergency fund and hope to be there in the next few months, which is why I, which is why I didn't mention in my novel. I want to pause there for a second. I don't know if I've... Is that a thing? I, it sounds like a thing. As a six-month uninterrupted lifestyle emergency fund. Someone has clearly made that a thing. Well... That's what the two of you prefer. I just, we don't call it that. Yeah, I'm saying I think this is a, con I'm making more guesses here about Ian. I think this is a consumer of personal finance content and someone out there is saying six month uninterrupted lifestyle emergency fund. And I think that's interesting. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess I think a lot of people have the idea or the concept that an emergency fund could be used or you know, when they're building an emergency fund, it has to be replacing income dollars and not certain expense dollars. So I, I would guess that a number of folks wander into the concept and starting an emergency fund with the idea that they are replacing income for an uninterrupted lifestyle fund, not just an emergency fund. Okay. Well, let me dig on that though. Kristen, if I lose my job and I'm, that's an emergency right? Mm -hmm. And so I go to my emergency fund, like how practical is it to be like, well, business as usual, let's go get bubble tea. Like, like, are you going to do that for six months? If you've put in the work in the past to be able to sustain your lifestyle, I mean, is there, is there anything wrong with that? And it's probably also come out of this place of like, personal finance experts, uh, we are so guilty of this, the three of us too, of just being like, yeah, save three to six months for an emergency. Like, what does that even mean? So, you know, Ian has just taken the extra time to define what that means for Ian. Go what Ian. if, what if Ian is, uh, we know he's young. Uh, what if he's in a profession that there are uh, transitions every once in a while where you can expect to maybe have a couple months off every once in a while, but you're going to get hired again. You're going to find another source of income on a pretty regular basis. And he just wants to live his life as uninterrupted as possible. Travel nurse. Ooh. Oh, can Ooh. we talk about travel nurses here in a second? Sure. Who would a timeout? Does either of you know much about travel nurses? <clears throat> one of my, I actually just helped one of my best friends uh, with her budget because it's hard for her as a travel nurse. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, Kristen was right about the debt's origins. Despite the relatively recent change in gross income, I've carried a bounce on my credit card since I graduated college as a way to fill gaps and live outside my means while I was making much less. I've struggled over the years with wiping out my credit card debt at the expense of other financial security goals. 
including my emergency fund. But my credit card has always remained a high priority last year. I went about three quarters without accruing interest. That's good. That's actually great. One of my goals for this year is to wipe out the residual debt by June, just in time for the student loan interest freeze to expire. As a bit of an update, I used a portion of the return funds minus the market losses for the flash for from last year to pay my taxes and the $1,400 left over I sent to my credit card balance. Uh, and so we end there. So th- that's the rest of the update. Anything else uh, worth chewing on there, uh, lady and gentlemen? Go uh, in. <clears throat> did a great job not uh, consuming that into his lifestyle and not leveraging that money appropriately. Travel nurses. Travel. I have several cousins. I think at least three that are travel nurses from the same family. Mm-hmm. There are 10 kids in that family and three of them, I believe, are travel nurses. And they're all over Instagram having a great time. Mm-hmm. They're very good looking. Uh, which I don't know if that matters other than to say it probably helps to have fun when you're very good looking. I wouldn't know. <laughs> anyway. They seem to be like, like travel nurse is you go make some coin, live some life, try out a new area. And is what's the financial reality of that Kristen? Cause you just put together a budget for someone. The thing that was hard in the case that I helped with is that she wanted to make sure that she had enough downtime between jobs to feel like calm when she went to the next one. So like, She's she lives in Indy, and so she was going from like Kentucky to Indy to North Carolina. And then when she's not working between those jobs, how do you plan for that? And so that's that was the structure of her and I's conversation is like, well, you decide how much how long you want to be off. What does it take for me to not have a change in my lifestyle? Much like what Ian was describing. She saves that during her 12 week contract or whatever um, so that she can take that time off to move to the next place. Yeah, Dame, what other general professions and industries have unusual incomes like that? I, realtors always jumps out to me as just like a, a highly unusual frequency of income, travel nurse. And then you get into things like food service workers and school districts and, and bus drivers, transportation people in school districts. Like what else? I, there's I mean, even the basic ones that we would think like a car salesman uh, is going to have very fluctuating uh, income based on the state of the economy. And especially if you're uh, selling different brands, they, they may become less affordable and you might have all of your income dry up real quick. So there's the people who are on commission basis, depending on the economy, could be at risk for having very, very uneven income. Yeah, Kristen, what jumps out to you? Commodities. Commodities. Uh, if yeah, if you raise animals for a living, if you farm oh. for a living, um, very very cyclical as far as income and expenses, huge swings usually. Uh, Rick Swank offers Alaskan commercial fishermen. What was the show? The biggest catch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, yeah, that was the deadliest catch. Deadliest catch. The biggest catch oh, is yeah. like a weight loss show where you catch. I don't actually, I don't, Mm. anyway. um, Yeah, I think, I I think for, for many of us, we strive for high incomes, but the frequency of which you are paid can sometimes impact that. I don't know why this turned into a professional athlete show today, but back in the day when I used to manage money for professional athletes, for my football players, at least they got paid 17 weeks in a row, which were at the time were the 17 weeks of the season. And then for 35 weeks over the rest of the year, they'd gotten no compensation. So yeah, in some cases, people were making seven figures and many of the guys I was working with, they were making mid six figures. 
people who had never really had a job above an hourly wage. So they didn't have a lot of experience managing money. And then you get 17 giant paychecks in a row. First one shocks you. Second one is like, I can't believe this is true. Third one is, uh, let's go. And then on number 17, you're like, how am I going to make it another 35 weeks? And so the frequency of which you are paid is wildly important in terms of financial success. It's a really interesting question. Uh, is the, uh, if, if it's the same amount, is the frequency of pay or is the amount of pay uh, the more determining factor of your success? It's a good question. Ooh. The Blog post. <laughs> blog. Blog. <laughs> Web blog. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. This is, uh, this is the best part of the show, everybody. And by the best part of the show, I mean it's where Dame gets to talk the most. Mm. And Kristen and I just get to listen to all the little jokes that he wrote into his news stories. <laughs> um, and he doesn't think we like them because we never mentioned them, but we really love them. And it is our favorite part of the show. So that's coming up next. A news with Dame as well as biggest waste of money of the week. If you want to be on this radio show, you cannot be. But your question can be ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's ask Pete, all one word, at PeteThePlanner.com. Dot com. Kristen, is there any other way for people to be on the show? No. That's next on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. <laughs> I was I not paying attention. <laughs> this is the new thing. It's the new thing. <clears throat> I was literally looking at my calendar. Was not paying attention. Well, Note to self. I caught you slipping. You did. <laughs> Big time. Ah. Uh... Pete's trying to make Dame's head even bigger with those compliments. <laughs> do we know Jason Brown? I mean, I know he's on the he's on here a lot, but I'm like, wait, do I know Jason Brown? Because he's very funny. I don't know. Jason, do we know each other? I mean, I'm not trying to be weird or anything. I just like I, I it's such a common sounding name. I, I it's like one of those things I probably know for Jason Browns. I don't know. Um Dan's comment is my favorite one of the show. Totally not the same, but I legit struggled going from paid every other week to twice a month. It's practically the same and yet not at all. It's not the same. So Kristen, you know, this is an interesting topic because you took me to school on this. Um, <laughs> you did. When we switched, why are you guys both laughing? Because Dame, do you remember this? Because I was so glad it wasn't me. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So we switched to pay frequencies here um what last year i don't know maybe yeah we went from 26 pay to 24 pay and i was like oh just plan for i got out in front of it i was like hey you just want to let you know but sh but then i think i said something stupid like shouldn't be that big a deal you'll be fine in, in a rather dismissive <laughs> way and then kristen was like um well, let me stop you right there and then you you, you read me the truth I don't know if I was quite so aggressive. I probably went, hey, maybe possibly this is possibly something sort of that maybe you should consider. <laughs> I'm sure that's how I approached it. <laughs> I felt attacked. Mm. Sorry. I didn't feel attacked. It, no, it was fine. It was appropriate. And by the way, be as aggressive as you like. I have a turtleneck on. I can take it. <laughs> Turned no, out but it's... Oh. Go ahead. It's, I was just going to say that it's not, it's not the same thing, especially when you have a long pay period and you're someone who lives paycheck to paycheck, like so many people do. Um, if you get an extra weekend on a pay period and that's when you do your grocery shopping, that can literally break your budget. Heard. 
I know people hate when people say that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, all right, let's uh, carry on. I'm just practicing. Okay, here we go. In biggest waste of money, like in three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is the escape knife. <laughs> yes, that's right. Hey, everyone on the. Oh, sorry. Here we go. The escape knife. <laughs> It's small enough to overlook. That's by design. The Gearward escape knife is meant as a last resort tool in the event of a kidnapping. Hmm. This blade is made from a rust-proof ceramic that's 10 times stronger than steel with a 1.25-inch cutting edge that's just long enough to be useful. Made in Canada, so it's kind. It has a low profile that's easy to slip behind the label of your jeans into your shoes or anywhere else you don't think it can be found. For those uh, watching here on the program, the live stream, um, it is about the size of a dime, oddly enough. It's, what, what, would you, what would you say, Dame, across? It's two and a half to three dimes across? Yeah, probably. All right. So the escape knife, Kristen, you are, as we all know on this show, the worst guesser on the planet when it relates to items like this. And so I'm going to let you guess first. What do you believe this knife to cost? $36. Jeez, that is oddly specific. Dame? This is really, really good because knives uh, in many cases are drastically overpriced uh so i'm gonna go with 68 dollars okay a little bit of a trick question a little bit of a trick question here it's not actually that expensive it's 20 dollars. but here's the bigger point is it worth the paranoia of thinking you're gonna get kidnapped to every day to prepare for your kidnapping is this is the spending 20 dollars on that paranoia really worth it and i would say that is not a healthy way to live in these United States in which we live in. Uh, do, do you view that any differently, Dame? Uh, you would end up absolutely using that for something else and dulling the blade or breaking it, and it would become worthless, and you'd have to spend another $20 on another kidnap-proof knife. Can we do a little knife chat here for a second? I saw something the other day. I wanted to run by people who <laughs> might care. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dame, this is, I mean, Kristen, I don't know where you line up on uh, pocket cutlery, but I know Dame's big in the world of utilities in his pants, <laughs> you know? So, Dame, I was at a, uh, an outdoor, like a camping store, sort of things that have like Patagonia and in Merrill mm. and these sorts of brands, right? And I'm not a knife person, as you know this. And I, I go over there, I'm looking at knives, I'm like they, they're, they're kind of cool to look at, but I mean, I don't really want to buy any. And so I look at this knife and I'm looking at the guy that comes over. He's like, look at that. And I'm like, hey, look at that. <laughs> and he goes, check this out. And he pulls it out and it's a beautiful looking knife. He presses a button uh-huh. and it pops uh-huh. up uh-huh. like a switchblade, like, a, like you're going to get cut by a guy yeah. in a black leather jacket with g- greased back hair. And, and I was like, what, sir, sir, I think his name was Trevor, sir, that's a switchblade. And he's like, well, you know, things have changed. He says, it's not, it's called like a pop-up knife. Dame, do you know about these switchblades? Yeah, it's not, it's not technically a switchblade. It's an, it's an automatic knife is, is 
what they're called. But yeah, I mean, there's a number of companies that make them. Um, Benchmade, Kershaw, and there's some, those are the, the big name ones. But yeah, they, absolutely. Uh, if you want me to bring one down to the office? Uh, yeah. But here's the thing. I would <laughs> like one of those, but it feels like I could, I don't know. It feels dangerous. I, they, I mean, in your hands, it probably is. Yeah, I'm lethal. Well, Dame, what's in the news this week? It's never been easier to trick yourself into paying $250 for a pair of jeans because Apple rolled out its buy now, pay later service yesterday, marking the tech company's latest foray into financial services. The future, uh, sorry, the feature Apple Pay Later, that's the name, Apple Pay Later, was introduced to randomly selected Apple Pay users. Sure, randomly. Okay. Uh, and will become available to more customers over the next few months. The program allows consumers to split purchases into four payments spread over six weeks with no interest and no fees. People using the iPhone's wallet app can borrow anywhere from 50 to a thousand bucks using Apple pay later. Uh, the service can be used to make online and in app purchases with merchants that accept Apple pay users will be required to link a debit card to their loan payment repayment method and credit cards won't be accepted for payments. This is what I found interesting. Uh, Apple financing, a unit of Apple will be handling the credit assessment for and lending for the program. Apple financing will begin reporting Apple pay later loans to us credit bureaus starting this fall, meaning they will be reflected in users credit profiles. Do you think people will use this in order to build credit scores oh well no you don't think so not to as the primary objective team no 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 just as a as a an excuse on why this is okay because i'm trying to i think about the uh, email from the first if it was just a normal college student who didn't have uh, a credit card but had access to this feature potentially and linked a debit card yeah sure why not try and build my credit this way (laughs) um maybe this is a unique well no it's just that maybe it's a unique experience as a young woman is that you literally get pitched that at the register at a department store is like open a store credit card for these like that's already a pitch i don't know does that not happen to the two of you when you buy well as as an old man um (laughs) no i mean it happens i i have to say this i think this is genius from apple i mean just absolutely genius and i think it will have very positive impacts on what they are trying to accomplish i also think it's going to be a consumer nightmare yes I mean, we already have, I mean, we're being quite frank here. If there's a $1,000 iPhone that people typically finance through their payments mm-hmm. of their cell phone bills anyway. Uh, so that's already one version of this. And I think what Apple said is like, well, why are we having a middleman through this? Like, wh- why not just take it straight to consumers? And that's what it feels I'm like at least. telling you, Apple's well on their way to being their own bank. You said it, what, two, three weeks ago? Yep. Mm-hmm. What else is in the news, young Damon? To keep up with rising costs, many young adults turn to a likely safety net, their parents. From buying groceries to paying for their cell phone plan or covering health and auto insurance, 45% of parents with a child over 18 provide them with at least some financial support, according to a recent report by Savings.com. On average, guessing game time, folks, these parents are spending more than X dollars a month helping their adult children make ends meet. 
All right. Dane. I'm going, well, he knows. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm I, okay, What's okay. wrong? Well, I think we all know, but go ahead, Pete. I don't know. I sent the article. I didn't read it. $600. Okay. Kristen said she read it. So uh, I, go ahead, Kristen. Oh, we're, now we're it, checking her, her memory. I think it was $1,400. $1,400 a month helping their adult children make ends meet. And parents nearing retirement contribute the most to their children to the tune of about $2,100 a month on average while only putting $643 a month into their retirement accounts. It's it's hard to talk about this without sounding judgmental. I just wanted, we probably should have started there. Yeah. I don't think any of us are judging or mocking or anything like that, but the numbers are still a little bit shocking if we're all being honest here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've seen uh, reports like this saying that the, the lack of appropriate saving for uh, people reaching or nearing retirement and there've always been a number of, of reasons uh, put forth, but this one's a little, little surprising. Mm-hmm. You know, what's weird is, is my kids get older, you know, my daughter being 14 now, getting closer to the reality of having to come to a decision point of whether to support her as a young adult. My take, my, what was once a flaming hot Cheeto take on all of like, leave him alone. <laughs> like, it is softened, but not because I plan on helping her. I think it's just a, yet another example of me as a young personal finance expert, formerly giving these you know laser hot takes when, in fact, there's a little bit more nuance once you experience, you know, a, a young teen, right? Yeah, I would have loved to have seen this study done five years ago and compared numbers. Yeah, you know that's a really good point, right? Because of how the pandemic and mm-hmm. everything changed everything. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all we have time for, show, uh, for the show this week. Right, Kristen? Right. Any good vibes? Good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. <laughs> I was paying attention that time. <laughs> Might be my new favorite part of the show. I like it a lot. I hate it. Uh, which is why it's great. Um, okay. Well, in the spirit of love and timeness, I don't know what time this is. I'm leaving. Goodbye. I am going to uh, edit the show, put it up. We will not have a show for a week, everyone. So binge watch The Money Guy. I don't, do we know The Money Guy? I never that's heard of Danza. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look him up. Actually, let's look him up right now and let's send everyone to him for a week. All right, so The Money Guy podcast. Okay, hold on. The Money Guy show. Okay, here we go. Moneyguy.com. Go there. And listen to their show for the next week. We are paying it forward. If you like their show better than us, that's fine. That's fine. Don't come back. We don't need you. <laughs> or go listen to Andy Hill's podcast. That's a good oh one. yeah, Money and Marriage, right? Uh, money, Kids, and Marriage. I think Money, Kids, and Marriage. Yep. You don't forget the kids. Yeah. Uh, all right, fantastic. Uh, that's it. Chris and Dame. Goodbye, everyone else. Stay getting money.